Okay, so I got a hot dog, sausage, half a bag of pretty large popcorn, a bag of peanuts, five Budweiser Zeros, three fish tacos, one pound of wings. That, and I think that was the entire list, guys, but that, I have to admit, I shamefully consumed at the Blue Jay game last night, uh, less than 12 hours ago. Damn. Yeah, I thought you were going to do a joke there and be like, who am I? And I'd be like, I was <laughs> going to be like, I, I was going to be like obese. <laughs> yeah. Well, sadly, I just realized I forgot three Coronas Whoa, uh, that went with, with dinner after the game. Now, I don't know if you caught what, do you guys know what Bud Zero is? I can imagine what Bud Zero is, the shittier version yeah. of Bud Light. It's it's Bud Zero, like there's no alcohol. So <laughs> I have. I no longer want to. I, I have another word to describe that, which I won't use on this family friendly podcast. Okay. Well, and let me just say the three Coronas are, were Corona, they're called Sun Brews, which are non alcoholic Coronas. So the theme there, well, there's a few themes, I guess, in that list. Number one, yeah, that's a pretty. Wow. Uh, and it's going to make what I'm talking about in a sec very silly almost, but I'm on a diet um, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> for 75 days. I am not, I must, uh, I'm not allowed to drink alcohol. I am not allowed to eat uh, desserts like cookies, candy, cake, chocolate, anything like that. Um, I have to work out for 45 minutes a day and have to drink a gallon of water. Um, so yes, I'm on day 59 as Clark, we speak. I, I think you misunderstood the diet. It doesn't mean eat everything, but those things. <laughs> so I've added that fe- that feature or that parameter for, <laughs> for when I need to do so. Oh it's okay. <laughs> How's that diet working? How many pounds have you gained? <laughs> Well, you see, I unfortunately my scale was broken when I started it. So I and that wasn't from me, but that it just stopped working. It's electro, an electronic scale. Um, so I don't have a benchmark to be honest, but I I feel a lot better. I and again, that that's like I've done that once in the whole time. Like this is a bit of a one-off. But uh yeah, so I really just went to the game last night with the intent to eat pretty much anything I wanted except alcohol. And uh, that's that's what I did, guys, last night. And the Blue Jays won. Blue Jays won 2-0. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's been on a terrible trajectory this year, or slump, or whatever you want to call it, um, not not living up to ex- the heightened expectations people have for him. Uh, he hit the, the home run that was responsible for the 2-0 victory, which uh, which was cool. Good for Vladimir. Nice. So it's been a while, guys, uh, but welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yes, thank you for having us. I guess there's a lot of stuff we could talk about other than the, my list of food here, but uh, you, um, you're both like, what's happening in Japan these days? Is this coronavirus even something people talk about anymore? Um, still talked about in some circles, I guess. Um, there have been, I think, recently a bit of bit tiny spike of cases. Uh, in certain areas and, um, in Japan, 
mask wearing is definitely still a thing. Um, right. No, no longer required, but people people love wearing their masks. Oh yes. Yeah, it's part De- of the culture there, right? Anyway. Yeah. 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 Definitely inside of trains and a few other specific types of environments, they're they're very very prevalent. In some other internal environments, maybe not as much. But uh, I took I took my kids recently to the doctor's clinic just to get a. A certain prescription that that both of them need to have just in case of anything, and it was a zoo. It was an absolute zoo inside the clinic. There, there, we don't have as high a prevalence of corona, but there's definitely a lot of uh, flus and chest related, um, chest related uh, pneumonia type illnesses that are pretty prevalent. Uh, summer colds are always a little bit prevalent here. Just because of the humidity, it seems like those kind of things stick to people. But mm-hmm. yeah. uh, there's definitely a lot of that happening right now. And when you ask what's going on in Japan, well, I mean, summer. <laughs> um, we had a very short rainy season uh, compared to what I would say is usual. I, I don't know if you agree, Salim, but that's at least my observation. And yep. um, the heat is already starting to kick in. Um, you know, we're already going into the uh, uh, mid 30s. Um, you know, mid eighties or upper eighties in Fahrenheit, sometimes even hitting about 90 in Fahrenheit in the last couple of days. So the, the uh, forecast for a fairly hot summer is not something people are looking forward to for sure. But I will say as much as it is humid here and it's the typical Japan humidity, it's not as bad because the, the wet season wasn't so, so intense. Yeah. We're, uh, I remember the, the that season, as you said, the rainy season is usually m- most of June in, into July, or is it usually wrapped up by end of June? Uh, could go into July a little bit, but typically okay. tends to wrap up around the, the end of uh, July uh, and starts kind of late, late May-ish. All right. Yeah, but July, but July, certainly the heat. Yeah, I remember the f- mid-30s, even up close to 40 Um I remember I'd go to the, I go to work. I just put, uh, I, I used to get my, my shirts, uh, folded from the cleaner. And then I would just throw that into my bag and go down on the subway in a, in a t-shirt. And then I would change into like Superman. I would change into the, the shirt in a, in the bathroom down in the, the concourse there before I went up. And I was, I was the only one. I always felt like I was, underdressed on the train because every other person had the the shirt and usually a tie and the the typical navy suit and i just felt like this bum but i I would just arrive soaked so why bother yeah that makes sense i always look like a bum when i'm going to the office (laughs) (laughs) so there's no telling the difference right there's no telling the difference yeah (laughs) yes you i recall you were a more casual dresser you know, right. And I think we, t- we, we talked about this on one of our previous episodes as well. Uh, how I'm, uh, sort of, uh, I, I'm not a fan of the, uh, the suit and tie look. Yeah. I, well, especially with the pandemic, that really just became for a lot of us here. Um, you just wear whatever you want, I guess, which actually is another topic that we'll talk about another time. But well, I, I guess with the, if I'm to highlight anything and I'm interested to hear if it's made it back to your your area of the world, uh, we, we're dealing with these wildfires. Uh, wildfires that have affected. Uh, we've actually had some air quality alerts where kids aren't supposed to play outside. Older people should stay inside. All the way to the um, states, right? Because it was a big, yeah, big, big deal in the states as well. 
Yeah, I don't know if you saw that Toronto had the worst air quality index a couple days ago. And then I think it was surprisingly, I did not think it was, I think Dubai was number two. And then Chicago was the third. And they said Chicago, because of the smoke from on, on like Canada, like Quebec, Ontario, drifting down into Chicago. So, uh, and even New York probably might have heard had some air quality issues due to the smoke up here. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, I got, I got the photos from friends in the tri-state area looking like Blade Runner in the sky. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's so we've had some my kids baseball games have been canceled and um it's it's affected uh mostly kids sports really. And then you mm. can smell it like if you go outside it smells like a fire burning somewhere in the distance. And then it was actually not bad. I didn't mind it. I almost liked the smell a little bit, but then a couple of days ago, it had more of a chemical-ish smell to it, like it was maybe a building that was on fire as opposed to a campfire. Hmm. So, so we are the bane of of some of our neighbors to the south uh, with regard <laughs> to the smoke situation. But uh, I, you got to blame Quebec for most of it. <laughs> I think, which we're I apt think to if- do here. If you're the Bane, it's just temporary anyways. They're just annoyed that they have to remember that you're the neighbors. And they're, oh, that's right. Canada's there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're not a neighboring state. We're a neighboring country. <laughs> Let's get into this. Uh, the other day I was just um, taking uh, – I was in a creative mood, and sometimes creative at the time doesn't translate into, the, into our episodes. But I just got to thinking about best friends, that whole – title of a best friend and uh it got me thinking like where did this come from um i mean i guess it comes from childhood that that first time i heard that term was as a kid oh hey you're my best friend or am i your best friend and uh i I just got to thinking like i have i would i have at least one person i would refer to as my best friend but i would say i i have several best friends and i i was just Two things. One, does everybody have a best friend or most people have a best friend? Uh, or is it unusual for me to have uh, a best friend and most people don't? And they just have, you know, friends, but not best friends. So a few things there I was going through my head. Uh, what do you guys think of this whole best friend thing? I was just wondering, actually, I mean, when, when you said that, it should best friend be limited to one? Can you have multiple best friends? Is it possible to have multiple bests when it's one category? Well, that's so, why I said, uh, like yeah. in my note, I, I mentioned, uh, you've heard the term, well, you're one of my best friends, or right. that yeah, yeah, guy yeah. or that girl is one of my best friends. So it's a question, I guess, is what doesn't best mean the best? Right, yeah. I think um, people want to feel special, right? And amongst friends and and there are differences right between between friends some friends are closer than others and some friends are the closest friends that you have the the people that you hang out the most with or like better than most of the others on average so those become your best friends right and people i guess it, they just like that that word, right? When when, you, when you're someone's best friend, it's a, like emotionally, there's something there's something to it, right? Because it's it, it, it you uh, are saying that this person is particularly special, and people want to feel special. 
So I get I get the reasoning behind best friends uh, or the word choosing the word best friend. I try to avoid the word and use close friends. So I would say one of my closest friends. Ah. Uh, so uh, one thing that came to mind as we were talking was just that you, it, it looks like for the recipient of that title, it's, it's, that's where you were focusing that the people who could be labeled as the best friend are the ones that kind of need this label or enjoy this label versus the person who assigns the best friend label, do they need to have that for whatever reason? So you went the, to be, it was more about the person who's being considered as the best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I did, I did go that route. Um, cause I was just thinking sort of maybe because I don't call people uh, and, and I guess we don't, you know, as, as you grow up, right. Uh, as you grow older, you don't, you're, you're not going around, you know, telling people, ah, oh, you're my best friend and you're my best friend. Like you're, <laughs> you're like you're mentioning, it's more of something that you do more often when, uh, when you're, when you're a kid and when you're growing up. Uh, so I was thinking more being on the receiving end. If someone said, oh, Salim, you're my best friend. I'm like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Like, uh, that's great. Thank you. You're one of my closest friends too. <laughs> Justin, what's your take on this? I guess maybe taking it one step further, in some of the communities that I grew up around and friends that I was with coming up and even now as an adult, what would oftentimes be thrown around when you've kind of reached this, I don't know, for lack of a better term, status of a place in a person's life is it's almost like you're familiar. You're almost family, right? So a lot of times it would be like Theo or Uncle Justin. So like the, my, my close friend or my quote unquote best friend would refer to me, to their children as Uncle Justin, you know, as if I am part of the family. So in some ways, that kind of best friend status, that place in a person's life or their place in your life where they're so close, they're basically like being a family member would sometimes be replaced with the term uncle instead of calling me best friend, you know, as a reference point. The flip side of that, though, is there are some communities that throw around uncle and auntie like it's nothing, <laughs> like it is just any person, you know, anybody who's just kind of around all the time is just called uncle and auntie, but they're not necessarily um, that close. You know, they're not necessarily as close as maybe how we're framing this best friend type of topic. Um, I, I'm I'm more of the less is more type. Um, you know, I, maybe this is alluding a bit to the, the comment that was attached to the topic about acquaintances and friends and labeling and things like that. Um, you know, I, I have acquaintances and there's people that I know professionally and personally that I would say are acquaintances and they're people that I could probably call upon as a broader network, um, to support me or people in my own immediate circle. But beyond that, um, you know, good friends or close friends, people that I respect and that also have similar outlook in terms of how they view their families and how they view, you know, their personal time and their, and their life in general, you know, there's maybe a handful of people like that, that I would say are good friends or best friends as we're pluralizing it here. Um, I, I'm not someone who's been too keen to, to label in that way. Well, I, when you're saying, it, I just thought there's this hierarchy categorization of friends that we almost 
do or have, right? Like, as you said, there's, like, there's one of my closest friends, <clears throat> one of my closest friends, one of my, you know, that person's my best friend. That's a person I consider, yeah, as you said, a, a close acquaintance. Uh, so you've got all these different labels almost for each of the categories, colleague, um, peer. Sometimes you might hear peer, my peer. That's more of a yeah. work term, but, um, yeah, I guess one thing I really want to get to the heart of in, in this, I think, the part that jumps out for me, do you guys have someone in your friends list that you would say with, without even hesitating, oh yeah, that guy's my best, or that girl's my best friend? Well, maybe there's, for me, there's one person that is, that I am especially close to amongst all the, the close friends. And I do have many close friends. Uh, and for me, what qualifies as a close friend, because I do have that, I, I know where I draw the line in terms of close friends and where everyone else kind of, kind of sits. Uh, yeah. And for me, close friend is someone that I can send something, uh, I can send something to that person, uh, that is just totally frivolous. That's, I mean, uh, that someone, else would absolutely not care about and they would actually sort of care about whatever I sent, even even though if it's something, you know, trivial. All right. Okay. Yeah. So or they get maybe they get it. Yeah. Like versus other friends who just, just would never get it. Like right, yeah. it, hey, is like you just send it and they can immediately look at it and go, Oh, that's fucking hilarious. But for the for the rest of your friends, they would just be like I don't or, or you know, that. just like yeah, just something that you did, for instance. Uh, like I, I got a new car recently, and um, uh, I might tell a few people, right? Hey, I got a new car, and I typically wouldn't be wouldn't be telling everyone that, for instance. I didn't uh, know you had a new car, Salim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, there there needs well, to be some. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, Salim, the the cat is out of the bag, and you've now told the entire internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the, the cat is out of the bag, and I have to. If you know world, that yes, Salim bought a new car, you are considered one of his best friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's you're also not telling all of your close friends uh, that, right? So there's some context to it, obviously. But I wouldn't, sure. uh, I wouldn't just, you know, randomly uh, go to, you know, a certain friend. Even if we're just, even if we're having a conversation, right? Like in the middle of a conversation, just sort of regular friend, uh, I probably wouldn't bring that up necessarily. So, what about you, uh, Justin? Do you have a, a someone you could just name right now as your best friend? Yeah, I would say there's somebody I could say is like family, and that I, I could rely upon them in anything through thick and thin. One person here and one person in the U.S. that I'm very close with. Yeah, and the, these are people that you've known for a really long time or yeah yeah i mean and, and in both cases you know i think kind of going back to the original part of this discussion about labeling and about this hierarchy that's to that's really to the outside like to the individual to the person it's already understood kind of alluding to what salim was mentioning in terms of sharing a certain joke or sharing a certain common language it's like these people in my life and I have this understanding. We don't even need to say that to each other. We understand what our place is in each other's lives because there's a, a history shared and there's, there's definitely an understanding as to, uh, 
at what level we would support one another in a time of need and, and beyond that, support each other, you know, day to day whenever we can. I, I would say, I, I mean, I certainly have a person I would immediately think of as a best friend. He's been my best friend uh, since I was a kid. And so he has, he's had the best friend label for a long time. And uh, that's my friend, Mike. He's uh, He's been on the podcast a couple of times, but him and I grew up from, I guess, when I was 13, we met, we lived a hundred feet from each other. And uh, then once we moved out of our houses with our parents, from our parents, we, he actually lives now about a hundred feet oh, wow. from where I live now, which uh, I think is kind of bizarre, but, but cool. That's incredible. You know, the reason I was thinking about this was because it was Mike who brought this topic up and him and his dad were having a conversation and he asked his dad, do you have a best friend? And there was like a long silence, apparently, of thinking about that. Now, his dad's older. I mean, I think he's early 80s now. And apparently, it was a little bit emotional about it. Like, uh, I think I think he just sort of sat there and he said, no, I don't. And it was kind of a, got me thinking, like, Whoa. I'm so lucky to have a best friend like that I can call my best friend that I trust, that I can tell him anything and know it'll be kept confidential. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that got me reflecting, like when I'm 80 and I'm looking around, what what will be there? And we don't know what his story was. Maybe he had a best friend that passed away. We didn't get that information or he just never cultivated a best friend. And so that got me thinking. It's a little somber sounding, but that's that's where it came from. Mm. I would I would really like to hear a female perspective on this, too. At some point, um, maybe this is something for a later episode that could be brought Let's get in. our producer to patch in, uh, <laughs> find a random person to <laughs> join us here. Well, I mean, there's a reason I say that because uh, there's a lot of women that I know that a lot of their female friends, they're friends, but it's at a surface level. Um, and that a lot of times they, there's not. There's not a, a true best friend that hasn't really snaked them in some, in some way, shape, or form because the female dynamic and around friendship sometimes, at least what's been expressed to me, can be a bit rougher. <laughs> um, I've heard that too. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I have and, heard that a lot of women prefer almost to have male friends because their female friends just don't, they just seem to be, it's different. It's not the same. Guys sort of look at friendships in a different way. I think there's a, a like a weird competition element. Yes. Yeah. As well. That's the word I was thinking of too. Yeah. yeah with women. From what I hear, I I don't I, I, I think don't it would be great to have certain, the perspective. Because yeah. that, that's where I my question would be, well, why is that? What's the com- competition? And I we could probably sit here like three white males and and pontificate about it to the bunch of the chagrin of any female listening to all of our our uh, deductions and reasonings about it but uh yeah. yeah it's a it's another interesting thing like that whole thing you hear about female friends uh with each other not always being this good or the same yeah but you made a great point, Clark. I mean, that you are fortunate. I think each of us are fortunate to have people that we we consider close enough that we can call upon in that way, and that we can entrust in that way. It's to your to your friend's father's comment, or you know, I don't know if the background, as you said, but you know, it it's fairly common where a lot of people never were able to, or maybe did at some point, and that that isn't there, and you're at a certain stage of your life where it's hard to create that again. Um, it, it's we're, we're fortunate to have people in our lives that we can call upon in that way. 
I've always like, I even look at my parents as examples, right? Like when I think a, a lot of things, I look at my parents for you know, examples of like how they're physically looking after themselves, what sort of friendships have they cultivated and kept over the years. And I do find myself comparing a bit to, to them. And, um, I don't, I think my dad's got some close friends, but I don't know that they talk very often. Um, but I've always taken pride in cultivating friendships and keeping f- connections like us. I mean, geez, it's three years ago, almost exactly that I left. I think it might even be exactly three years to the day. Mm. Uh, the June 30 was my, I think that was my last day. Oh, wow. I think that's when we flew out. Maybe it was July 2nd or 3rd. But anyway, it's been almost exactly three years. And here we are connecting through uh, through this way. And it's. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I do wonder, like, I haven't asked yet, but what, what if I ever come over there uh, to visit, if there's a, a couch or a, a spare bedroom uh, with, with my name on it? You got I it. live a bit far away, but I mean, you and the whole family, more than welcome. You're well, welcome. You. I, don't, I don't really like your family. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect the door to be open for the three others in in my circle in my family <laughs> I'm just to, kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. Anything else on this? Uh we were going to do a 30-minute episode and we're almost there. Um any anything else that's percolating on this topic before we move on? I mean, no, we me. could talk about this forever, but let's um <laughs> let's uh let's move on. This one I got to thinking about, guys. Um, I forget what triggered it, but I think it's what well, I've seen videos where like a sports player will buy a, a, a convertible, like a, a professional sports player who's successful. You see like TikTok or a YouTube video of a, of a, a sports star maybe giving their, their, one of their parents a brand new car and it's a, a big reveal. And it's, I just got to thinking if, if your kid was a famous sports star, you know, talking like million, multiple million dollar contract, and would you, f- would you want like him to or her to buy you stuff? Um, would it depend on the situation? Like, or, like, would you expect them to kind of show up and say, "Hey, I'll pay off your mortgage for you, mom and dad"? Like, like, to what degree should a kid do that? Should they do that? I think that if if they're in a position to do it and they want to do it, that's all w- well within their right. And if they choose to do that and it benefits me or someone else, their mother, doesn't matter, great. That's that's something they want to do. They want to express in that way or they want to show appreciation or they want to, you know, just do it because they can do it. That's completely, on, you know, upon them. Um, is there an expectation that they would do it? No, not at all. And I think if you know, this is not a like by my own by me. No, yeah. No, there's no expectation from me. But I will say this: like, if they don't do something like that, and I'm not necessarily saying for me, I'm saying for someone in their lives, whether it be a friend or one of their relatives or whatever, if they don't do something like that and they have earned some exorbitant amount of money and they're in this position where they're far so far beyond their means and they don't do something like that well that that's a failure on me as a parent that i haven't 
instilled in them some kind of sense of their responsibility beyond themselves. So Hmm. maybe I'm taking the topic in a different direction, but I think that that's part of the experiences and the lessons that I try to expose them to when they're quite young. So they do understand that, you know, when you do have, or when you are in a position to help others, you should, you know, there is a purpose for you being on this earth beyond just yourself. There's a community around us so we can ensure the support of others when we can do those things. We're not only existing for ourselves. So, you know, maybe I'm taking this, you know, to, to too much of a, a, existential or broader type of discussion, but that's where my thinking goes when it comes to something like this. I, I think it's wonderful when, when someone does something like this for their family members, but to me, I, I should have zero expectation. I didn't go into becoming a parent or, you know, <laughs> helping to pursue these things. <laughs> Live you know, to, off the to, fortunes <laughs> of children. <laughs> but actually here, a quick funny aside, um, my youngest, he expressed to me, uh, all these different business ideas that he has. He's six years old and, and he's, and he has all these different business ideas. And one of the ideas that he has is he wants to have a pizza shop and he also wants to have like a gelato or ice cream shop. But he said not next to each other because that doesn't make any sense. You have to make them really hungry and want it and have separate places because they should be two separate. And basically what he was alluding to was like brands. Like, where is this kid coming from? So he's, he's ex- describing these two businesses, the ideas that he has. And I'm like, Oh, how are you going to do it? He's like, I'm going to do this and do that. And I said, so, you know, how are you going to build up one or the other? He goes, Oh, well, I'm going to start with a food truck for one and I'm going to create, you know, interest in this one. And da, da, da. so he's going through all this and he goes, and don't worry, dad. He goes, I'm going to have, I'm going to have the pizza shop in a building that has an apartment in, in it. So that way you can live there and you can make pizzas for me. So he got his labor part done. <laughs> nice. Oh, so that you can make pizzas or yeah. that you can eat the pizzas. Either way. <laughs> okay. I was going to say he's going to make it convenient to you so you can work there and make the, the pizza. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh, – so So you did take it a bit in a bit of a different direction and that's all right. It's an interesting um, take. It is, and I, I, I wonder. Like, so you looked at it like almost as in to help people, uh, because you could say, well, what if Josh Donaldson's mom didn't need? She doesn't necessarily need a convertible sports car, but or to have her mortgage paid off. But is that a is that a factor? Like you, you've your parent is financially not doing well, and you jump in, and uh, that, in that situation, I think it behooves the kid to to make life. A little bit easier, but as a parent, would you find that weird, or would you be like, would that be almost um, disrespectful to 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 say do to do something like that? I don't know about disrespectful. I mean, if if uh, you're struggling, if as the parent you're struggling financially and your kid's successful, and they're offering uh, a helping hand because they've become successful and. Obviously, as a parent, you may have played a part. In, I, I assume you've played a part in, in that success, right? To some extent, right? Giving, Taking them to giving, ball practice. Yeah, yeah giving, 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 giving right, giving them sort giving of up that, their that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, if I were in that kind of a situation, I'd be really happy and uh, that my that my child is uh, willing to to take care of me like that. I'd be proud. Hmm. 
I, I, but do you get it where it could maybe be the, the parent could be offended in a way? Like I can handle my own problems. I think it, um, it really depends on the, the, the financial situation as well of the parent, right? Like if you're well off already, uh, yes. and like you just have a mortgage, it's like, okay, you could pay for it, but I don't really need you to do so. I have a, the, the mortgage is kind of by, I don't want to say by choice, but you know, I chose to live here and I chose this mortgage because this is what I can afford and I'm very happy to, to continue paying this. Uh, I, you know, use your son or, you know, daughter, use your money for, for better, better things. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the person who's going to get offended, I would say the majority of which who are going to get offended are people who are kind of coming at it from a position of relative privilege, right? They, they've had a stable job. They've had a stable career. They maybe even had a very stable foundation and childhood themselves where they would even feel in some way offended by it. The other portion of that that would be offended by it would maybe be people who are very prideful, right? Who, who would be offended in some way because they've busted their butt to be in the position that they're in and they have no problem doing that because they've they've gotten themselves into that position to be able to do it and even if they are struggling it's still to them on them um but i i would say in large part to salim's kind of comment there you know if they're if they're already pretty well off you know i it make it would make some logical sense that the person would be bothered by it but i think most people would be quite appreciative because the reality is is a lot of times you know the goal is for your children to be better off than you were, right? And that includes financially. So if that's the case and your children are better off than you financially and they decide to do that with their their income, that's up to them. All right. I, yeah. Actually, not, not, I mean, as as we were talking about this, I was thinking about a uh, interesting relationship between uh, a father and son in which the son is mm. like incredibly uh, wealthy. And that's um, Floyd Mayweather, the the boxer. Mm. Uh, and his relationship with his father is uh, really tumultuous. I haven't been haven't followed oh, yes. uh, Floyd Mayweather in, in, in a really long time, but uh, obviously they didn't they didn't come from any money, right? And uh, Floyd Mayweather became the wealthiest uh, boxer uh, and maybe to some extent uh, athlete in the world, uh, and has always had this sort of weird difficult relationship with his father to this day, right? Uh, and all of that uh, revolves around the money element as well. Oh, mm. I see. So they're actually, some of the problems are related to son who's made multiple millions of dollars. And- <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're skipping over a lot of um, other There's a lot. Like drug yeah, abuse. A lot of there was a yeah, massive yeah. drug abuse issue there that, yeah, that's yeah. Under, under all of this, but yeah. Well, and you've heard of uh, TV stars that where the parents took the money that the kid made. Um, different, different topic, maybe, but uh, certain. Like I think uh, the guy that was from diff- the, the show Different Strokes, um, Gary Coleman. Yeah. I think he, you know he was on a sh- on that show as child star from very young age, like six or seven or something, and and uh, at at the time it was where he could start taking the money and doing something with it, he realized there wasn't any there because the parents had squandered it all. Yeah. Or, or Drew Barrymore, right? Drew Barrymore had to emancipate yourself from her, her parents as well, because I mean, her mom was just pumping her for money and she was having her go to the most inappropriate events and things at such a young age. She was in studio 54 when she was like 
10, 11, 12, 13 years Jeez. old. I mean, it's, that's why she got addicted to drugs when she was pretty young. I mean, it, she, she very recently even commented about the fact that, you know, when my mom passes away, I don't care. <laughs> like I, it's, it's finally that person out of my life completely. Yeah. So, you know, taken in the other direction, it can be, <laughs> can be quite detrimental. So uh, we'll just do it quickly around the horn. I, I know Salim, you don't have kids at the moment, but if you did have a kid who became a star of the New York Yankees and signed a $200 million contract and, would you be expecting any of the proceeds to make it your way? No. Not at all. Justin? No. Yeah, and I I would I'd agree. I don't I wouldn't ex- expect it at all and and uh I think if it happened, great. Otherwise, uh it's it's their it's their success. I don't expect anything in return. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hit our what are, what we're watching, listening to, reading. Any of those uh, three are, are up for grabs. Uh, Salim, what's uh, what's in your uh, in what's what's on your plate these days from a, a reading, watching, listening to perspective? So I am currently watching. I'm midway through this really uh, short sort of spy thriller drama. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Citadel. And uh, it's six episodes. I just finished watching episode three. It's really, uh, it's really good. It's like um, it's exactly what you kind of want out of a, um, like a spy uh, uh, series, right? And um, it's got it's got the action. It's got a little bit of a uh, bit of a sci-fi element to it, and um, but the best part is that um it stars priyanka chopra which was just um you know a nice so, bonus oh yeah total total bonus right um i, I was gonna I, say I, well, stanley tucci's in it i like him stanley tucci is in it as well yeah and stanley He's tucci's kind of has like a has like a like a nice funny character in that as well so there's an element of of comedy it's not like all super serious uh so um yeah, it's 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 nice. I like that it's short as well. I don't know if there's going to be like a season two or or how it's going to end, but so far uh, I'm really liking it, and I would recommend it. I know the guy, the Richard Madden is the, the star of the of the show. It looks like, and I remember watching him in this uh, mini series. I think it was thriller series Bodyguard. That was mm. good. Uh, yeah, he was pretty good in that. Or it was that was a pretty good show. So and yeah. it looks like he was in Game of Thrones as well. Right, the dude, the dude's good. Um, I don't, I didn't know him. Sort of, I didn't know his sort of back, sort of acting background. Or I don't recall. I, I think I've saw, seen him other somewhere, but um, but Priyanka, is, but Priyanka, uh, she's all is, that. Yeah, she's all that. All right, well, so that's Citadel on currently on Amazon Prime. Uh, Justin, what are you uh, watching, reading, listening to these days? Oh, as I'm sure you heard a couple weeks ago, uh, the writer Cormac McCarthy passed away. So I had never read any of his books and always uh, appreciated his work in other uh, formats. You may know his books from the movie adaptations, uh, The Road, All the Pretty Horses, No Country for Old Men, especially Uh, No Country for Old Men. Mm. The Road I've heard about, I've heard the book is absolutely uh, just like really dark. Right, right. So... (laughs) I went back to to revisit some of his work, and having never read any of them, I went back and read 
the road. <laughs> so, 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 um, I was reading it and, uh, was running out of time on my, on my library checkout. So I switched to the audiobook version and my goodness, I got to keep myself from driving into a pillar. <laughs> it's just, <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's devastating. It is not, yeah. it is not audiobook while driving material. <laughs> um, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's kind of an, it's an apocalyptic scenario, right? Like, yes, it's, it's an apocalyptic scenario. Survival. It is. It is. And it, it was the movie adaptation was with the actor Vigo Mortensen, which I'm yeah, likely which is a favorite him. of his, right? He's in the couple. He was in No Country for Old Men, wasn't he? Uh, no, he wasn't in No Country for Old Men, but he was in another film. Um, gosh, with uh, what's that very dark director's name? Uh, well, he's been in Eastern Promises and there was this other movie. Eastern he, Promises. He, that's what um, I was thinking of. Yeah, and there was this other one that he was in where he was basically an amnesiac um, who used to be a hitman. Um, it's it's him and Maria Bello plays his wife, and you know, on that same uh, Priya uh, uh, Priyanka Chopra type of tip, uh, uh, Maria Bello at peak Maria Bello um, uh, mm. time. So if you ever get a chance, check out the Vigo Mortensen uh, Maria Bello film where he plays a former hitman who is now a farmer in the Midwest and he doesn't remember any of it. It's very well done. Hmm. Um, so yeah, look for that one. But uh, yeah, what I've been reading or what I've been audio booking for the last half of it uh, was the road by uh, Cormac McCarthy. Okay. How All about right. yourself, Clark? Uh, well, I had a couple, I mean, I got into Ted Lasso, which uh, I'd been hearing everybody nice. talk about for the last two mm. to three years now. And, and uh, we're in season two of that. I think I might've mentioned that on a previous episode so i i won't get into that other than to say i i'm enjoying it the i i watched a documentary uh last week with my son i'd have actually i had watched it before the battered bastards of baseball uh it's on netflix i believe and it's a story of uh portland had a a triple a baseball team in the 70s early 70s that uh left town and went somewhere else and the um kurt russell's dad uh who was an actor of in of his own right a lot of uh they did a lot of westerns he started a he brought a baseball team uh to the city of portland once this other team left and it's a, it's a profile of that uh experience of how the the, the people of portland totally ad- adopted this ragtag uh bunch of players that were basically rejects from everywhere else and were almost given this second chance. And if you see it, you'll see like the, the tryouts. And of course, back then everything was kind of like that. It was just the athletes of baseball players in the seventies compared to now, totally different body types. And these guys were just, they literally looked like people that would be on my, my, my beer league softball team on Sundays. Um, so it's pretty cool. I didn't realize Kurt Russell was actually a really good baseball player and he played on the team and um yeah, so I'm a huge baseball fan and I always like these how does a, a team almost a Ted Lasso kind of story of a team that's uh struggling and and we want to have the respect of it. So they have a f- huge passion of, f- of fans that follow. And so yeah, the battered bastards of baseball. Nice. That's interesting. Well, guys, uh, that's it for this episode. It's uh, it's been a while, but I suspect we're going to get an opportunity to to record again much sooner. And uh, 
want to wish you guys a good rest of your Friday. Thank you, Clark. Good to be with you. Good Clark. to be back on cool. the show. <laughs>